Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Well, the man you're about to meet was introduced to me by a good friend, a trusted longtime friend. And then I just found out that Naren and I are both DU alumni. So we both went to the University of Denver. His name is Naren Ariel, and he is the CEO of a company called Amplify Publishing and also Mascot Books, which are hybrid publishers. They do a lot in the nonfiction space. And we're going to talk about what hybrid publishing is and when does it make sense for people and just kind of like how it works. But Naren is someone that we've started recommending to our clients uh, if if they are in the space of looking for kind of like hybrid publishing. But he's got degrees, obviously, from the University of Denver, but also from Virginia Tech. He's also a lawyer, by, you know, so he's got that training and background. And he's the author of a book called how to sell a crap load of books. <laughs> so that is something that we all care about. And Naren and I had a conversation a while back and we started diving into some Amazon stuff that he was sharing with me that I had never heard before that I thought was super fascinating. So uh, anyways, Naren, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Rory. Great to be here. And uh, yes, my book is How to Sell a Crap Load of Books and it underscores the importance of a catchy title. So there you have it. Well, so I want to start with the conversation about hybrid publishing and what is that exactly? Because I think when people think of publishing, they understand traditional publishing and like, okay, you know, literary agents and book deals and flying to New York and, you know, Simon and Schuster and Penguin Random House and there's that. And then they also understand self-publishing, which is, you go, what Amazon create space or whatever, or just like printing a book off at Kinko's and, you know, you're an author. What is hybrid publishing and how is it kind of different from those two things? Great question. So hybrid publishing is uh, a hybrid between the two uh, options that you just mentioned. And and specifically what that means is we create, uh, and there are other companies that do this other than Amplify, we create uh, books that are on par in terms of editorial quality and book packaging and provide our authors the experience that they would have Uh, otherwise get from a large publishing house in terms of marketing and distribution uh, under a slightly different model. The model is our authors contribute to production-related costs, but in exchange, the author, since they're uh, contributing to production-related costs, uh, get the lion's share of royalty split. So in our case, it's 85% to the author and 15% to us as a distribution fee, which is typically just inverted from the splits that you'll see at a large traditional house. Yeah, so the author is keeping 85%. You guys are getting 15%, which, yeah, is pretty spot on with the inverse of how it would work with traditional. But then they're covering some costs out of pocket up front where you wouldn't normally have that with a traditional publishing. So they're just covering the costs of like getting the, the manuscript edited, getting it printed. Like what are the costs here that we're talking about? Sure. So the costs are editorial. So sometimes we'll work with folks that need a ghostwriter. Sometimes we'll work with folks that give us a fully edited manuscript. So there's editorial, anything from ghostwriting to coaching to various levels of editing, 
uh, to proofreading. So editorial is one bucket. And then the other bucket is design related. So cover design, interior design. And then the other piece of it is publishing related costs. So, you know, printing of books, we do ebooks and we do audio books. And then the last piece of it is uh, warehousing and distribution. So, um, you know, we, we have a fulfillment center from which where we ship books to retailers, invoice them, collect. So the author doesn't have to really worry themselves about that piece of it. And I said the last one, but there's there's one other. We also offer a host of marketing, book launch, author platform development related services. And those are on a a la carte basis because, you know, some folks have uh, PR folks that they've worked with before. Some people have uh, social media or uh, website developers. So whatever the project requires, we can sort of backfill and offer those services as well. That in and of itself is pretty educational just to be even knowing like, what does it take to write a book? you got editorial design, publishing, warehousing and distribution, marketing, and then, you know, and like platform development. And I think a lot of people don't even realize those are like the big buckets. And so then um, and now with hybrid publishing, you're saying that you can get some of the kinds of things like I, I think, you know, when you think of self-publishing, obviously you're covering all the costs, you're keeping all the royalties. But you also are not getting any of the distribution. Like uh, you almost never see a self-published book on an on an airport bookstand or in you know Barnes and Noble or you know featured on. Um, I mean, it never almost always never on a bestseller list or something even because they're not like indexed properly. So, talk to us about how does distribution work and why do you need a hybrid publisher or a traditional publisher to do that? Like, why doesn't that happen with self-published books? And sort of what's the advantage of having that kind of distribution? Yeah. So let me say this first about self-publishing. I'm a big fan of self-publishing today more than ever. Authors are successful self-publishing. The problem is today more than ever, authors are self-publishing. So there's just a, a glut of content out there. And it's just very difficult to get any sort of traction in terms of uh, marketing and distribution. Specific to your question about distribution, most self-publishing authors go by means called uh, print-on-demand. So if a retailer is interested in a book and they learn that it's print-on-demand, they just won't carry it. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, and so we don't do print-on-demand. We publish some number of books, print some number of books, and we use the distributors that uh, Barnes & Noble, for example, uses to get stock into their store. And we do so under terms that are per industry standard. So, for example, you know, we use uh, Ingram as one of our distributors. Everyone knows Ingram. And, a, and a, if a Barnes & Noble wants to bring in a book, they'll go look at Ingram, Ingram's database and they'll see, oh, yeah, we can get it directly from Ingram. I'd have to go through a publisher, an author. It just makes it easier. There's less resistance to going through normal channels. And, and that's, you know, that's the advantage of uh, working through somebody like us is we've got those channels established. We got relationships with book buyers. And, you know, our books are, as they say, sold wherever books are sold. You know, just because you may have a deal with a large publishing house, you know, the chances are shelf space is still limited and it's growing uh, more limited um, by the month. And so, you know, you just have to be creative in terms of where your book is being seen by um, your potential readers. And, and we really try to have a strategy for each and every title that we work on um, to sort of fulfill those goals. And when you say book buyers, okay, so you say there's relationships with the distributors like Ingram, which makes sense to me to go, okay, if, if I have a bookstore, whether it's Amazon or Books A Million or it's a local bookstore, it's just easier for me to source all the titles I want to carry in my store from one place versus 50 or 100 different places. So that makes sense is to go, 
okay, I go to Ingram and say, Hey, I, these are the titles I want, or we're selling books in these kind of categories. Can we, what do you have in that category? When you say the term book buyer, that's a funny term. Who are you talking about when you say we have relationship with book buyers? So uh, places like Barnes and Noble, you know, they have buyers for specific categories. And, and so if you can, you know, get your book in front of those buyers, sure, it would, it's available via Ingram, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to get consideration. So if you can somehow get your book in front of a person that is making a buying decision, that's always better than not. There's no guarantees that that will result in your book being at Barnes and Noble coast to coast from day one. That's unlikely, but it definitely does help the odds. In other words, you know the contacts at these places, Books a Million, Hudson, whatever, like whoever, the, the bookstores, and then independent, even independent bookstores? Yeah, we've been doing this a long time. Um, so this is our 19th year in business. So you know, you just get to know folks, right? I mean, you mentioned Hudson News. We have uh, two, three books there right now in the airport market. That's a little different in that it's uh, you know pay to play. Uh, it's co-op marketing dollars that we need to spend, but you know we know those folks, and we also know you know the the iconic independent uh, bookstores across the country as well. You know those help. If you got to have good content that is going to drive traffic into a store, that's a prerequisite. But uh, having those relationships really helps as well. You're helping the books that you publish, like your authors, actually get Barnes and Noble to say, "Yeah, I want to carry that title." at our store or on our website. Um, and that's what you're talking about. If you're a self-published author, your book probably isn't even carried by Ingram. And if it is, there's nobody at Ingram calling on books a million saying, hey, you should put X number of, of these copies in your inventory. Yeah, that's right. And I don't want to make it seem like it's easy because there are you know far more books being published than there is space. It's not easy, but it's more likely if you have a partner that has some relationships. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. So I love that. That's super helpful. I just, I think, you know, I noticed that people like you are in the industry for someone who's not in the industry, we don't even understand like the basic flow of like how these things work and all the different people that are involved in the supply chain of actually getting a book on a shelf. So that's, so that's super helpful. Hi, it's AJ Baden. And thanks for listening to the influential personal brand podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Now, one of the things that's fascinating to me is whether you're a traditionally published author, which uh, we have been twice, like our two biggest books were both traditionally published, but a lot of people don't know this. We also are also a self-published author. Early in our career, we released several self-published titles. And then what y'all do is the hybrid publishing. One of the places, or at the end of the day, no matter how you publish, a lot of the sales are coming through Amazon in most cases. And you were sharing some ideas with me about things that you can do to kind of optimize your your book's representation or you know just presentation on on Amazon, which I think applies whether you're self 
hybrid or traditionally published. So can you talk us through some of those just ideas of like, because like for me, I've never even like paid attention to it really. I just kind of let my publisher throw up whatever they throw up there. Um, and I'm not even sure how much access or control I have. I know that some of our brand builders group clients, you know, when they self-publish, they got full control to go in there and like change copy and do different things. What are what are some of the biggest things that authors should be paying attention to in terms of optimizing their Amazon profile? Yeah, great question. So it really is a sales pitch opportunity. Getting somebody to your Amazon book page is important. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to convert that somebody into a buyer. So there's some things that you can do uh, to increase the likelihood of that happening. Um, first, you mentioned copy. You know, you have to write to your potential reader. You have to write copy that is going to make your potential reader um, hit that little buy now button. Clear and concise uh, copy. Uh, need to speak to why this is important for your uh, target audience. Um, if you have testimonials, uh, you should put them in the copy. And then, so that's on the on the copy. There's some beyond that. We like to really spend a lot of time thinking about the categories where the book appears. There's real science to that. So you know, Amazon will give you three for hardcovers, three categories, and these are genres, subgenres, sub subgenres. And so, what we like to do is uh, come up with two that uh, make sense that are closely aligned to the book's content, and then we like to come up with a third one that is. Uh, you know, maybe somewhat of a reach in terms of the uh, alignment between the book's content and the category. And we do it, it, we do that with the third because uh, maybe it's uh, less competitive. So you just have to keep in mind how many titles there are. And I'll give you an example, right? We have done many, many leadership books or, you know, presently we're doing a lot of uh, diversity and inclusion titles. So some of those categories are just filled right now with some, you know, big titles. And so, you know, your ability to get uh, to rise on the bestseller uh, list on those subcategories is just a little bit harder. Whereas if you pick a third that is less crowded, you know, your likelihood of getting a orange or yellow ribbon that says uh, Amazon bestseller is increased. So those are some things to keep in mind in terms of the listing itself. And then the other thing that you and I talked about is uh, Amazon AdWords. Amazon AdWords are, are a fantastic tool. I, I will say that generally advertising for a book is not something that um, works. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll routinely talk to older authors who recall advertising in the classifieds uh, in the New York Times, for example, and, and, and they'll say how that effective that was. And so that doesn't work, of course, today. Um, but what does work is advertising on Amazon. And, and so there's a couple of suggestions that we've got uh, in terms of ad Amazon click, uh, pay-per-click. Uh, campaigns. Basically, what you're saying is Amazon has its own self-contained universe for running ads just throughout their website, their ba banner ads of images of their various products, similar similar to how uh, Facebook has its own ecosystem for that Facebook and Instagram, and similar to how Google AdWords would have like Google and YouTube areas. Amazon is its own universe for running ads, and you can just buy that placement. Yeah, that's right. And so how it works is two ways. Um, people go on, on Amazon and search for books, right? And so let's say you have a book on leadership or remote work. This, uh, this is uh, applicable to a project that we're doing right now. We do a lot of um, post-pandemic remote leadership type books. And so if you go on Amazon right now and type in, you know, uh, managing remotely, it's likely that uh, one or two of our books will show up as books that follow into uh, the guidelines that you've typed in. So 
That's one way. Um, and be surprised how effective this is. Um, the other way is, let's say there's a um, remote leadership uh, bestseller, a national bestseller, and we know the title. And so what we could do is we, if we have some a book that is in a similar category, we will use book A uh, and buy that search term. So when somebody buys book A, they'll see our book B as a suggested uh, title that they might like because they've demonstrated an interest in the subject matter. Interesting. And you're saying you'll buy the same title of book A or just the term? No, we'll buy the we'll buy the title of book A as a comp title. So anytime somebody buys book A, because we know book A and we we think that the readers of book A would be interested in in our book, book B, we'll buy the title. Interesting. Yeah. So then yours would show up kind of above and then they're directly underneath and and then Amazon starts to see those sales kind of track together. And so it'll start to organically like recommend people who bought this book also bought this other book. That's right. And so uh, particularly with nonfiction titles, uh, particularly with thought leadership titles, this is an effective way uh, to to advertise. And, and the analytics you get from Amazon are fantastic. Uh, they'll say you spent two hundred dollars on this campaign. It directly resulted in you know three hundred fifty dollars in sales. Yeah, is that part of your Amazon author page that you see that like in Author Central? Is that where you do that? We have a uh, Amazon account where all of our authors are in. Uh, our authors do have the Amazon Central or authors page, uh, but we do it from our overreaching account. So if you theoretically wanted to do this yourself, you just have to whatever search on how to start an Amazon ad account and then you Yeah, absolutely. whatever that you go in there and you have to input some creative and a headline and how how much does it cost for a click? I mean, I know it's all over the board, but is it is this a dollar a click? Is it $10 a click? It's pretty cheap. It's surprisingly cheap. So, uh, you know, any anything from 2 to $10 a click. So, in terms of Amazon, are there any other uh, obviously, so the category thing is interesting, and there's, I don't know, there's got to be thousands of categories, maybe tens of thousands of categories. And so you guys are monitoring how competitive each category is, and then you're making recommendation. that, And that's one advantage that you have with a hybrid publisher or a self-publisher is you can actually, you get to choose which categories you want to index your book for in Amazon, right? So that's one thing. We do not have that advantage, at least we haven't, or are the clients that we know of that have worked with traditional publishers, they select that for you. So you don't have that, but the um, even the copy, like you don't have, this is, this is one of the things that's really powerful, I think, about hybrid publishing and self-publishing is you just, you have more control in general. Like you get to decide what words you want to put on the back cover of your book or what words you want to use on your on your Amazon page. And to that point... Whether you self-publish, go with a hybrid publishing company, or you're with a traditional house, uh, Rory, you know this, the author must be engaged in marketing. And so some folks have this notion that if, if I get a traditional deal, I can just turn over the marketing to somebody else. It doesn't work that way. So that should sort of uh, factor into your thinking in terms of publishing pathways. Yeah. Well, like to what you're saying, it's like that one is a simple one which is if you're not willing to do the work, don't publish at all. <laughs> like it doesn't, traditional publishers aren't going to do more marketing than, than a hybrid publisher. And obviously if you're self-publishing, there's, there's nobody else there to do it. Like it comes down to you. So I, you know, on that topic, Naren, like what do you think are some of the big differences that separate the successful authors from the unsuccessful ones in terms of what they do to launch. I mean, obviously they have to be engaged. I think the idea of just going like, well, hey, my book is up and maybe hire a PR firm is one thing. But beyond that, 
what are some of the activities that you see the authors doing that are more controllable in terms of like directly driving the sales of their book? Sure. So uh, I think a baseline is you have to have fantastic content. You have to have good content that really resonates with your intended target market first. Um, And so in order to have that, you have to really have an understanding of your target market. Uh, Many times I'll hear from authors saying they've got a book that they, um, that they've written and everyone will, everyone will love it. And so that's when I immediately think to myself, great, you don't know your target market because uh, saying everyone is going to love it, that doesn't work. So you have to do the work in terms of figure out who you're writing for and why they're going to care. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is um, it's important to have, of course, as I just said, good content, uh, but the book has to be a piece of a um, of a larger content plan, right? It's got to be um, supporting uh, your social media, your blogging, your op-eds, uh, your speaking, your consulting. Um, rarely is a book uh, enough to uh, persuade a person who has never heard of you to go out and buy your book. So um, those authors that understand that a book is a part of their overall platform and understand that it takes a lot of work to cultivate an audience um, and readership before the book actually comes out. Those are the ones that uh, will reap the uh, rewards of all that can flow from a positive and you know a, a good book uh, project. Sounds simple. Sounds simple, but you know the, you just got to put in the work to uh, gain trust of your potential readers uh, and uh, you know have them invest time in you before you make an ask of them to buy a book. Yeah. And I think there is a a whole conversation there around just like building it out. And there's, I've heard different statistics on this before about like how many times somebody has to, has to hear your name before they actually buy something. But, you know, I've heard it's like as high as 17 times, whereas like they have to see your name 17 times, whether it's your social media feed in their inbox, you speaking at their event on someone else's podcast on a local TV show, like, and they just have to like hear your name and then they see you in Amazon and they're like, oh, you know what? I think this this lady looks cool or this guy looks cool. I think I'm going to try this. I don't know if you've, if you've heard any exact data on that. That's always been, I've always heard just kind of very loosely cited statistics around that. But I do, I do very much agree with the concept that it's like, you know, just to what you said, rarely is it like, I've never heard of you. I see your book. I'm going to buy it it's usually more of like a culmination of I've been hearing your name and now I see it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a shot. Culmination is a great word and it's fitting here because uh, you've demonstrated that uh, you are an expert in a particular field. You've introduced content that uh, the potential purchaser finds worthwhile. The potential purchaser has uh, invested time in your thoughts. And then at that point you go in with your new book just works. Well, I love it. So y'all, if you ever want an introduction to Naren, I mentioned, so he's one of our preferred providers here. You know, every author we work with is at the different stages of their platform. You can always email us info at brandbuildersgroup.com info at brandbuildersgroup.com. We'll gladly connect you directly to Naren. Of course, you you can find him and his company. Where where do you want people to go, Naren, if they want to find you directly? Sure. If you go to amplifypublishing.com, that is our thought leadership division where we publish business, political policy, 
uh, leadership type books. Again, amplifypublishing.com. And then we also have another imprint called Mascot Books, M-A-S-C-O-T books.com. And there we publish uh, across various genres, everything from children's titles to cookbooks to fiction. Uh, but I think you know most of your audience are in the uh, brand building and thought leadership space. So Amplify Publishing probably would be a good source. You can feel free to email me. Uh, it's Naren, N-A-R-E-N, at amplifypublishinggroup.com. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We we are mostly like I would say in that thought leader space, but now they've been around a few years. We we have some cookbook authors, we've got some diet books, we got some uh children's books going on in there. And I actually would say among my circle of author friends, I feel like there is an a rising interest in doing children's books that correspond with their business books. So they they release a business book and then they'll take that same, you know, core principle and they'll make a kid's book out of it, which I've always thought was interesting. I think my first book, Take the Stairs, would lend itself really well to that. And I was just like, maybe I should one day do a kid's book. But anyways, that's great. Uh, as always, you know, you can email us, info at brandbuildersgroup.com. We can connect you directly as well. And Naren, thank you for being here and thanks for what you do. I think, you know, it's 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 really, really empowering to know there's an option like you out there. I know for years early in our career, one of the biggest things that we struggled with was self-publish or traditional publish. You know, and we have a one of our courses is called Bestseller Launch Plan, where we talk about all the steps that have to happen to like orchestrate a really great launch. And one of the stories that we talk about is just how much of a conundrum in this internal battle we were having between self-publishing and traditional publishing. And hybrid offers offers you a lot of the best of both worlds. And so it's it's a really, really good option. And uh, so far, we're enjoying working with you and, and looking forward to having more of our clients go your way. Well, this is fantastic. Enjoyed it. Thank you for the invitation and looking forward to uh, working with uh, a lot of your clients. Awesome. We wish you the best. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.